This is On The Block with Brent Axe. Oh, it sure is, kids. Welcome back. Welcome aboard. Hey, if you're just hopping on here, pick the good time. We got a lot to cover this hour. We've got the athletic director, John Wildhack, standing by live from lovely Omaha. We will hear from him momentarily. We are going to hear from Jim Beheim and Mike Shashevsky and what they said at their afternoon press conferences and some players, what they said this afternoon in the open practice and getting ready to roll from Omaha, Sweet 16, tomorrow night, 9.37, tip time. We will do all that. We've got a great giveaway coming up because we know how you love your T-shirts. So hang in for that. But right now... Let us go to Omaha. Let us check in as we do regularly on this program and always appreciate the opportunity to speak with the athletic director at Syracuse University, John Wildhack, with us here on the block. John, how is uh, lovely Omaha so far? Brent, it's uh, it's great, and I'm going to give you a B-plus this time on the intro music with, uh, with the boss. R- really good. Not as good as the Stones the last time it was on, but I'm giving you a solid B+. Okay, uh, you and I are going to disagree on that because uh, <laughs> the boss is an A-plus in, in my All mind, right. but everybody's got their own musical taste, right? The Stones That's are not fair. a bad second choice, and, and Bruce is not a bad second choice for you. So, you know, it's no, just, not at all. just a matter of taste there. Yeah, we always end up with the good music when you come on. And that's all. <laughs> I would like to say we planned that, but that's just that's just random. Or, uh, I'm, I'm, give, I'm giving you all credit, Brett. <laughs> so the path to Omaha, John, has just been incredible yeah. to watch this team and how they have just scrapped and clawed and found a way to win. And what happens this time of the year is cliches come to life, and that is really the cliche that applies to this team. What has impressed you the most about this run to Omaha? Well, it's been a remarkable week and a half for the program because obviously we went from the proverbial bubble team, and when uh, and when Davidson won their conference tournament that Selection Sunday, we, we you know, frankly we thought that might be our our slot, and and ultimately it proved not to be. It was Notre Dame who who was the first team left out. We were the last team in, and then to win three games in four and a half days is um, concluding with basically a road game against Michigan state because the house was, you know, the, the, the arena crowd house was 95% Michigan state, 90% Michigan state is really remarkable. And I think it's just, uh, it's a testament to, to, uh, to the team and to the staff. And after Sunday's win, Brent, my, my phone is, I'm sure everybody's phone did just, just, just lit up with text. And I replied in every single one, I replied just pure guts and heart. And that's what this team plays with. Every single game, they just play with pure guts and heart. I guess it's left up to people like me to to write these things and say these things and rank these things. But look, you know, you're an alum and you followed this for a long time. Most of Jim yeah. Beheim's coaching career, not not to date you there, John, but look, you you know this program, okay? <laughs> if you had to put this into context and rank it in some way, how would you rank the performance of Jim Beheim as a coach, given the the talent? that he has the injuries, the departures, all things considered to make it this far. Uh, I think, I think Jim and his staff have done a brilliant job all year. Um, a brilliant job because you're right between, you know, we, we base basically down to seven scholarship players. You know, we got a couple guys, you know, who are playing and they're not a hundred percent and somehow to, you know, to be where we are in the sweet 16. And I, and I think sometimes it's, it's underrated. The, uh, what an accomplishment it is to get to the Sweet 16, Brent. There's 350 schools that are playing D1 basketball. So when you're one of 16 left, it doesn't matter, you know, who you are and which all of the 16 schools left have, have accomplished something that's really special. And now 
you know, now you want to keep it going. It's only natural you want to keep it going. But Jim and his staff, they've, they've done a brilliant job with this team. And I think anytime you're part of an organization, the goal is you, you want to get the full capability out of that organization. And Jim has done that with this team. John Wildhack is our guest. He is in Omaha, ready to roll here and uh, getting ready for Syracuse and Duke, as we all are tomorrow night, 937 tip time uh, for this one here. I want to go back to when you guys were in Detroit at the Little Caesars Arena because, you know, if there was somebody that was, you know, in the process of making renovations at a, at a certain building, uh, they had a pretty impressive scoreboard there. I'm just kind of saying that, John, just kind of, you know, make a little note there. I mean, how much did that impress you to see what you know the top level arenas are doing? Because you were in one last week. I'm honestly not sure how up to snuff Century. Uh, what is it, Century? Uh, the Century Omaha, Link. Century Link, correct in Omaha is. Yeah. We'll see that tomorrow. But man, Little Caesars Arena was pretty impressive. Did, were you taking notes? Did you see anything where you said, "Oh, maybe we could bring this to Syracuse a little bit"? Well, I mean, Little Caesars it opened this year. Um, so it's, it's the building's not, not even a year old yet, and it houses the Red Wings and the Pistons, and it's you know it's state of the art in every way, shape, and form, and it's just a, you know, an absolutely beautiful building. So yeah, I, you know everybody, I think everybody takes note of that. So it was uh, <laughs> it was it was fun to be there, and yeah, I mean it, it certainly you know, it it uh, it gets the uh, it gets the uh, it gets the thought process moving. That's for sure. How are we in the due diligence department while we're on the subject? Yeah, I think where we're focused on is, um, and what the chancellor said back in January is he wants a, a decision on what we're going to, you know, what kind of roof we're going to do and what are we going to, uh, and he'd like to have it, you know, late spring, that type of thing. And that's what we're working on is to, you know, present, uh, you know, options to, to he and the board and ultimately for, for the board to, uh, to decide upon. All right, he said late spring. It is spring. I just want to note that it is technically spring, despite what yes, I'm seeing outside my window right now. So yeah. <laughs> we're getting there, baby. We're getting there. Uh, John, uh, to go back to Syracuse here, look, they've got a big challenge in Duke, and it is fascinating to see that Coach K has embraced the zone defense and, of course, he, you know, uh, worked with Jim on the Olympic team. And when they went to the zone, it, look, Duke is Duke. They're still a good team but it really kind of revived a, a part of their team that they needed to improve because they couldn't just outscore people, you know, 90 to 85 every game. They had to find some defense and they did that. So how do you see this, this matchup, this back and forth between, you know, the, the two winning as coaches in college basketball here who are now both using the zone defense. This is going to be a fascinating uh, tit for tat here. Well, I think, I think it is. And, and you're right. Duke, their man to man defense was, uh, you know, was, was a liability early in this year and their success absolutely coincided with their switch to his own. I'm a little upset with Jim for teaching Mike so well. <laughs> yeah. Jim's been saying all along, they shouldn't be allowed to use it at this point. Well, I, I agree with Jim on that. He's hundred percent right. <laughs> um, but it'll be, it'll be a fascinating matchup. I mean, they're, you know, listen, if, if you look at pure talent only the 16 teams left in the tournament, you know, the experts are going to say Duke's the most talented team. And, you know, we're going to have to play, we're going to have to play a great game um, at both ends and in all aspects. And we're capable of doing that. Um, but we're going to, we're going to have to play great to, uh, to have a chance to beat them because they, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're loaded. They're loaded. And to your point, um, you know, they found, you know, they found and they've committed to a defense and it's, it's worked for them. 
John Wildhack is our guest, the athletic director at Syracuse University, of course, in Omaha, but uh, plenty of other sports happening here. What's uh, the latest you can tell us, just kind of whipping around, looking at some of the other spring sports? I know the lacrosse team lost this weekend. They're trying to, you know, break out of a 500 string right now, but uh, let's discuss them and maybe some of the other spring sports people should know about right now. Yeah, I think, look, you know, men's lacrosse team, they're they're really, really, really young. And, uh, you know, we had a great win against uh, Ed Virginia a couple weeks ago, and we came back and... You know, had a rough. You know, we've had two two rough weeks in a row with a disappointing loss to Hopkins, and then uh, at Rutgers. And I think it's you know it's growing pains. And when you're uh, when you have a team that's as young as this team is, you know, there's going to be highs and lows. And six games in, we've experienced the highs, and we've experienced the lows. Um, I think elsewhere around, I think your know, women's lacrosse. You know, Gary and his his uh, his team uh, playing a really rigorous schedule. They're doing you know really really well. You know, the one loss to number one Maryland, and I think that'll you know, serve it down the road. Um, you know, tennis, our tennis team, it's uh, achieved the highest ranking, um, a top uh, top 35 ranking that we've achieved in, in years. Um, so we've, we've got a, you know, we've got a, uh, a tennis, women's tennis team, which uh, is, is really, really good and, and doing a great job in the ACC. Um, as we gear up for, for outdoor track, um, again, ha- highlighted by Justin Knight and everything that he's accomplished. And, you know, he won the 3,000 indoors, NCAA indoors, and he'll leave Syracuse bread as, as one of the truly best athletes of all, all time um, in the history of this university with what he's accomplished at the national level with national championships he's won, both individually and team, and also just the number of ACC championships he's won. So, you know, we feel pretty good about where we are. The spring sports football, you know, we're uh, we're just about to hit the midway point of uh, a spring practice, and you know, I think the one thing that's that's encouraging for uh, for all of us is they had a really good off season in terms of their strength and conditioning, and you know, kids who needed to get bigger, they did get bigger, uh, particularly on both lines, defensive and offensive line, and we need that if we're going to be able to uh, to compete. Uh, at the ACC level, so you know I'm I'm optimistic with uh, with what they've done in the off season, and look forward to seeing uh, the rest of spring ball. John, this is our first opportunity to talk to you since uh, you know we unfortunately lost Chris Gedney uh, just uh, mm-hmm. a short time ago, and you know we heard so many great things about him and the person he was, the player he was, what he meant to so many people. As best you can, can you describe to us what he meant to Syracuse University and Syracuse University athletics, and, and just everything that you can tell us about him? Well, I was Chris. Chris was just a great person, um, and he was so kind and giving to to anyone that he uh, that he came in touch with, and he was a great representative of our community, uh, of our university, of our program. He was a great colleague to work with. Um, you know, beloved by all of us, um, a great mentor to, uh, you know, to, to student athletes. Um, so it's, uh, it was, it's tragic, it's devastating. And, uh, you know, our, our hearts go out to, uh, you know, to, uh, Chris's wife, Celie and, uh, and his four children. And, uh, um, there's been two, two things that we're in the process of establishing as an endowed scholarship and Chris's, uh, uh, name and memory, um, which will which will reside within football, obviously, and then the Syracuse Football Club. Um, they they're accepting donations in memory of, of Chris, which will 
hundred percent of which will go towards future endeavors and needs for the for the Gedney children. So, we're uh, Chris's impact on this community is uh, is one that uh, is everlasting. No question about it. I'm glad to hear that those uh, scholarships are being put into place, and he certainly will not be uh, forgotten anytime soon. And and when you brought up football, just made me think of the impact he had there. We're all still thinking about him and and his family, as you mentioned. Uh, John, one last note here. I mean, we're not going to solve this problem here in the next few minutes of radio, but I'm curious, you had some recent comments about, you know, the the ever-going discussion about compensating athletes and the whole pay players thing and, and what the model would be if there was a model, okay? And you know, like I said, we're not going to solve that today, but I'm curious where you think this is going to go in terms of so when the tournament dies down and the seasons die down and the fever pitch of this maybe settles a little bit. There's still the Rice Commission that has to come back, and, and this discussion right. is really, I think, as burning hot as it ever has been. My question is, what kind of discussions do you think are going to take place once you kind of slide into the off season about approaching this in any way, shape, or form, changes in the sport, or is it just going to kind of you know, be something that people like me talk about on the radio going forward? Well, I think we have to see in, uh, the, the, uh, the results and, and what the Rice Commission, what they publish. Um, I think that's very, very important. But there seems to be a common theme, uh, Brett, that you hear throughout is, is number one is, is I don't think anybody thinks that the, the one-and-done rule is uh, is effective anymore? And I, my personal opinion is, if if a young man wants to go from high school to professional basketball, they should be allowed to do so. If they're good enough to play in the NBA, you know, God bless them, let them go. If they want to go to the G League, if they want to go play internationally and forego college, I think they should have that option. If they choose to go the college route, I think there should be you know a minimum commitment. And I think you know what will be on the table if. if if this discussion occurs, is it a two-year minimum, a three-year minimum? Is there is uh, you know, with minor with baseball? Um, so I think that's I think that's number one. I think you know two is is I think there'll be discussion about you know should players be be able to to use their name and likeness um, you know for for commercial gain? And again, I think that's warrant. Uh, I think that warrants conversation. And it has to be, I think, very thoughtful conversation. And if you go down that route, you know, what are, you know, what are the ramifications? What would be the opportunities? Um, but I think that uh, that'll be discussed. And I think, I think also part of the discussion will be should players and their families be able to, uh, to, have, to, to engage agents in, in a more formal process than uh, um, is, is they can do in is uh, they can do in uh, in other in other sports and you know in, in Olympic sports. I think that'll be on on the table as well. I do think if you just go to a free market, you know, pay for play, I think it. I think you really limit to you know 20, 25 schools max that could really you know be at that level. And I think the impact of that um, on Olympic sports would be would be dramatic. See, I think uh, I think I think there's there's when. When the FBI is, is is involved in in your sport, that that has to be a catalyst for change. And uh, you know, if, if we come out of here and, and we don't make uh, and there's not meaningful uh, reform, then um, you know I, that would be that would be a mistake. And I think another thing is going to I think it'll be discussed is the summer recruiting cycle. 
and uh, and what adjustments could potentially be made there as well. A lot of stuff to be done there. More due diligence uh, on the way on that for sure, and I'm, I know you'll keep us updated on that. And see, this conversation has come full circle because you and I are Rolling Stones Bruce Springsteen on this. <laughs> we don't disagree that much because, like you said, you can't just have this free market paying players thing, but I think the time has come for some sort of change and it feels like we're heading that way. So we'll see where that goes and, and much more to come on that for sure. For now, we'll focus on Syracuse and Duke tomorrow night. Enjoy lovely Omaha. We'll see how long this ride can go. It's been great to see this team make it this far, and maybe they can go just a little bit further. John, thanks for your time as always, especially with how busy things are these days. Brent, thanks. My pleasure. That's John Wildhack, ladies and gentlemen. He's the athletic director at Syracuse University, of course.